Hi, I'm Pastor Nick Monsma from Fresno Christian Reformed Church. I'm glad you've joined me today. This is what I've been calling my weekly cleanup from Sunday Sermon, where I return to the topic of the sermon to dig a little bit deeper. So today I'm talking about a sermon that I preached for January 24th, 2021. And this sermon was on Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. And the theme of the sermon was that we are often desperate to experience God answering our prayers and and doing heavenly work in our midst. But when we go through those biblical steps of reconciliation with one another, the steps that we read in verses 15, 16, and 17, when we go through those steps to be reconciled, with each other, God promises, he promises in verses 17, 18, and 19, or rather 18, 19, and 20, he promises that he is present, that he is answering prayers, that he is doing heavenly work. What I want to do in this cleanup podcast today is return to something that I said briefly in that sermon, but uh, which I think really deserves a lot more attention. And that is the importance of attending to that first step in the process of reconciliation as Jesus lays it out. So you might remember those four steps. So the first step is when someone when someone does something against you, when you have something against someone, go, Jesus says, and point out their fault just between the two of you. In other words, when you think someone has wronged you and you are upset with them, go to that person one-on-one. That's the first step, one-on-one. Then Jesus says, if that doesn't work, if, they, if you can't be reconciled with them after speaking to them one-on-one, then bring along one or two others. And then if that doesn't work, then go to the church. And then if that doesn't work, then, then this becomes a public matter you know, for the world and, and so on if, if you can't be reconciled. As I said, I want to emphasize the importance of that first step. Uh, my experience with the churches that I've been involved with and that I've been a pastor of has been that when church discipline is brought up, when this, is, when this text is brought up, people think of, of two things. First of all, they think on the theoretical level of the action that the elders might take in a church to excommunicate someone. It's you know, going up in front of church and reading some statement about how so-and-so committed a grave sin and, and won't you know, could, won't repent. And so we're, you know, they're being removed from our fellowship or whatever. That's the, the theoretical thing that people think of the elders doing that action. The other thing that people often think of when they hear the phrase church discipline, or when this text is brought up is a very practical thing, a very real memory of this happening in their church and what violence and disruption it caused to the community and the pain, the ongoing hurt and trouble that it caused. And so I'm, I'm saying this from the perspective of, of my own denomination, the Christian Reformed Church in North America, where I think 75 years ago, it seems like this was a much stricter denomination where this process happened now and then in churches. My own experience has been that this you know, I've never seen this happen in a church, this last step of church discipline where, where a church excommunicates someone. I've only heard the stories. And while there are conservatives in the churches that I've served who believe that we need to do a better job of church discipline and are sad to see that we, the elders rarely take up these matters anymore, and, and actually, I, to some extent, I'm in that category. I think that it's, it's a problem that we, that, that we kind of have neglected church discipline because of the, the pain that it caused in many of our churches in the past. On the other hand, there are longtime 
CRC members who often say, oh, let's not get into that. Oh, we don't want to bring up church discipline. No, let's not go anywhere near that. This whole dynamic is is caused or largely caused, I think, this dynamic that we that some of us know we ought to be doing a better job with church discipline, that this ought to be something the elders are thinking about. But on the other hand, nobody really wants to bring it up. This this whole dynamic, I think, one of its causes is that we have done a very poor job of paying attention to that first step. We We've thought in the past and we've practiced in the past entirely too much that final step, the final step of excommunication, when all of the other steps of reconciliation fail, and we have done a very poor job of really investing our energy and our thought into the first step. Our problem is not that church discipline, as we've understood it, is bad, that we shouldn't do church discipline. Our problem is that we have failed often to start at the beginning. And I'm thinking there are three ways, really, for us to avoid doing this first step. Remember, that first step is when when someone has wronged you, when when you're convinced that someone has sinned against you, you go to that person one-on-one. You don't first, first bring it up with someone else. You don't first bring it to the elders or something. You go to that person one-on-one. And I think there are three ways in which we fail to do this. One of them is gossip, which I just mentioned. One of the things we do instead of taking this first step, instead of going to that person one-on-one, is we tell other people. We, we tell our friends. We start spreading the, spreading the word about how this person was a nasty person and, and you know, um, trashing their name. This is gossip. We need to avoid that. Another way that we avoid doing this first step of going to that person one-on-one is simply through an act of division where, you know, if the person has hurt us enough, we just say, you know what, I'm, I want nothing to do with that person anymore. We maybe leave groups that we've been in with that person so that we don't have to see them anymore. Whatever it is, we divide, we, we, we separate from that person so that we don't have to encounter them anymore. That person sinned against me, they did something wrong, and I'm cutting them off, and I hope to never run into them again. I think that's the second way that we avoid taking this step of going to people one-on-one in order to be reconciled with them. Instead, we just cut them off. And the third way that I think we try to avoid taking this first step is by silence. And it's, it's in some ways kind of a middle ground between gossip and division. We're not going to cut them off completely and hope we never see them again, but we're also not going to tell other people about them. Instead, what we'll do is just avoid interacting with them. So we still go to church with them. We still show up at school fundraisers uh, and see them there, but we just steer clear and just try not to interact with them and plan to just kind of live our lives without really without really interacting with that person as much as we can, um, can, can avoid it. All three of these are wrong. All three of these are wrong, Jesus is saying. You either need to decide when someone has hurt you, when someone's done something wrong to you, you either need to decide that it's not really a big deal and you can just let it go and ignore it. It's just a minor thing. Okay, you know what? I'm overreacting to that. No big deal. I'll go be friends with that person and and just, you know, let 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 it wash over me like water on the back of a duck or whatever. Uh, You can either do that 
Or Jesus is saying, look, if this is a, if this is causing an issue in your relationship with that person, then you need to go to that person one-on-one and seek reconciliation. So I really want to encourage you to do that. I really, this is something actually I've talked with the elders about finding ways to make sure we invest energy in this as a church. How do we become the kind of community that is used to doing this reconciliation, used to uh, patching relationships with one another, used to engaging in love one-on-one like this so that so that if we ever in the future got to the point where reconciliation wasn't happening, we'd be well equipped to handle it. I really think that's that's the issue in many of in many of the churches that I've been involved with anyway. That we we are we're we have such little practice with doing this one-on-one reconciliation that by the time we realize something needs to be done, we're so far down the process and we don't have the habits, we don't have we don't have the the skills of reconciliation reconciliation that we really need. So let's work on those skills one-on-one. Don't gossip. Don't divide. Don't give somebody the silent treatment. Don't do those things when someone has hurt you. Instead, let's work on reconciliation. So that's the cleanup for this week, and you can find the links to the sermon I mentioned here, links to other sermons, and more information about our church at fresnocrc.org. 